Hello and welcome to our FT LOL review series. This is where we talk about our own clubs and review the season gone past, talk transfers and what we predict for the forthcoming season. We've already done an episode featuring myself and talking all things Arsenal and this week we've got Jordan to talk all things Chelsea. So Jordan, how are you doing? Not too bad, it's weird being on this side of the table, isn't it? Weird. Yes, the virtual table. How <laughs> how are you feeling about Chelsea generally? Pretty positive at the moment, or? Yeah, I am. I'm. What we done last season, I'll get into it. But what we done last season was phenomenal. By the looks of it, we're trying to build on that. So I am positive at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So if if we take it back right to the start of Lampard's appointment, I mean, for me, I thought Chelsea were going to be top six, but they were going to be right at the bottom of that, and. I suppose it couldn't have started any worse, could it, with a 4-0 defeat opening day? Yeah. Um, and what was you predicting for the season? Well, I think like everyone, I think we were under the impression that we were going to go absolutely nowhere. Sixth would have been a, a great shout. I mean, sixth would have been uh, ideal. I mean, if I was to tell you, Jack, that you're going to lose your best player, you're going to lose your Europa League winning manager you're going to bring in a load of youth or academy players into your team you've you got your best player but basically all of those are Eden Hazard but if I was to tell you all that stuff was going to happen to your club right now you would not think you'd end up anywhere near fourth would you um, no. but at the start of the season so yeah realistically I generally thought and this was no joke anywhere between 10th and 6th I didn't think we were going to be anywhere near the top four. And like you said, the start of the season, the 4-0 the defeat to Man United pretty much solidified what I, was, what I was thinking and expecting. Although that first game, similar to every game that we've had this season, really, um, we dominated it, which sounds weird for a 4-0 loss. We dominated. We had so much possession. We would get in chance, etc. But yeah, I think it's that first game just set up the president for me in terms of where I think we were going to go that season and I didn't wasn't expecting much at all but yeah I mean if we're talking about the transfers did technically yeah, have you had the ban didn't you so. yeah we, had, we yeah we had the ban we had Pulisic I suppose who you know didn't play for us like the season before that and Kovacic again he, he played for Chelsea the previous year Kovacic can't really count as a new transfer really um, but Pulisic he turned out to be Someone who looked pivotal to Chelsea season, I, I believe. He won some very valuable points um, that year. But yeah, to answer your question, at the beginning, no chance. I don't think we'd have any hope in hell in even getting to Champions League spot. So 10th to 6th would have been my prediction. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the academy players and how many of those were coming through. And I suppose this is the first time in a while that Chelsea have played a lot of youth. And, you know, it... It was widely regarded that Chelsea's academy was going to produce a lot of good players, but they were always on loan, wasn't they? So who, who's been the real stars um, coming out of that academy in the last year? I'm going to be honest, completely honest, and I don't, I don't really want to sound biased because I'm a Chelsea fan. I genuinely think all of them, all of them have shown what it takes to be a Premier League footballer. I mean, if I just start with, let, let me go through them. So, Rhys James is my favourite out of all of them, in the same level as Mason Mount. But Rhys James, from going from Wigan, then having a serious injury um, towards the end of uh, the season before, he just sits in that position very comfortably. 
he's I've mentioned it previously in the podcast. He, similar to Trent in that his passing abilities and you know getting that ball in the box, perfect. You know we can rely on him. Solid, very strong, uh, can dribble, can take the ball down, play that crossing. Like I said, I think next year will be his breakout year in terms of showing other clubs and other people what he can really do. But I think Rhys James had a blinder of a season for his first real season at Chelsea. Mason Mount, I don't really have to say much about him. I think you'd know, I think everyone knows that Mason yeah. Mount is Lampard's son, basically. Does any anything he wants and he's just bundles of energy, non-stop running, can press, skill, can play left, right, in the middle, does everything. And again, I think next season, I think he can notch up a couple of levels as well. Tammy, now, contrary to what other Chelsea fans believe, I, I think he's had a great season, don't get me wrong. I think he's he's done what he's meant to do. I believe the hype around him is a bit too much. I still think he needs to knock on a few levels. I don't think he'll be fighting for that striker spot just yet. I think most of his goals came at the beginning of the season. Got a hat-trick here, got a couple of goals here and there um, towards the middle of the season and towards the end. He didn't really feature much. Um, Juru mm. took that spot. So, I think Tammy had a good season, don't get me wrong, but out of all of the players in, in that came from the academy, I suppose he's the most experienced, being at Swansea, being at Aston Villa. Um, so you would expect you would expect him to be at that level. I think my favorite, my other favorite one, just because he's Scottish and because people, you look at him and you wouldn't think anything of him as a footballer is Billy Gilmore. I only had a few starts. I mean, he first came on when we was two 0 up against Sheffield United and we drew that game two two, and he got a lot of stick because he doesn't look like a footballer. He, he's quite skinny, quite small. But the FA Cup game against Liverpool, Billy just showed you what he's capable of, and I think. He could be an easy replacement for Jorginho um, going forward. I think we can cash in on Jorginho and Billy Gilmore can fit that fit that role. I think he's the Scottish Xavi. Um, wow. Even Pep. Pep uh, honestly, even Pep, Pep Guardiola was an admirer of him. And there was rumours in January, I think, the City were trying to nab him. I know they tried is, to is get... Is Gilmore the one, the reason that you had the transfer ban? Or was that a combination of things? I think it was a combination of things. I think it was Triore um, from, is it Lille or Leon? Um, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I think he was the main reason we had the ban. Uh, Gilmore may, may have also been involved. If, if it was, he's worth it. I, I'm, I'm sticking by it because um, he's just got that ability. He's so calm on the ball. And if I'm going to add one more into the mix, I don't know if I've forgotten anyone, but um, Tamori. He was riddled with injuries this season. and That's what I don't like. I don't like when the academy players get those injuries because it could have a knock-on effect, as we've seen with Kalamata Nadoi, not been performing this season. Um, but Tomori, when he was playing, just looked solid at the back. He's got those legs to open up and get back and tackle. Can play the ball forward as well. So um, I'm looking next season. I really, If he goes on loan, if we buy another centre-back and goes on loan to another Premier League club to show what he's capable of, or stays in the Chelsea team and break into that first team on a regular basis... Um, so, yeah, in terms of youth, I think it, it's been a brilliant season for them. Yeah, the one I thought actually would be really good that hasn't been is, is Cho. Um, I thought he's probably had the most talent of the lot, but, yeah, it's just not, not happened for him. But I guess when you're bringing through, what, six or seven players and five or six of them are hits, that's pretty good going, isn't it? Um, yeah. So what, who was your star man this, this season? 
out of all the players. Yeah, I think it's no secret that I, I like Pulisic. I think at the beginning of the season, again, it's a tale of two halves. Well, not halves, I suppose. <laughs> this is probably like a one sixteenth or whatever of of the season. But that very beginning of the season, I was slating Pulisic. I mean, people were saying on, on the social media that, you know, he's not being played because he's American and Lampard has his English bias and blah, blah, blah. Pulisic, at that time... I remember watching him. He was getting bars of the ball. I think he wasn't prepared for what the English league, you know, was. And he wasn't very direct. Every time he got the ball, he seemed to lose it or, you know, like I said, get bars of the ball. But as the season went on, he grew in confidence and stature. Um, And I I think if you did a picture of him at the start of the season and a picture of him now, he's definitely putting a bit of timber, a bit of muscle. And I think he's been pivotal just for that direct play which Chelsea seemed to have a problem with all the time. Even when Hazard was there, he was the only outlet that we had. Pulisic seems to have filled that void, just running straight at defenders, making defenders worry. Even if he doesn't get past players, you know, he will do that initial accelerated run and then pass it, you know, and then be the other option to receive that ball again. He's that kind of player. We've needed that at Chelsea, um, especially since Hazard, Hazard's gone. Yeah, I think he's someone this season that's um, really up the show. Kovacic. I think Pulisic, in terms of a season, if, if he could do that all, all season long, then great, but he obviously was riddled with injuries. I think Kovacic, or Kovacic, or however you say it, people underrate him. I don't know. As an Arsenal fan, Jack, do you know much about Kovacic and how he plays? I mean... Yeah, I, I, I sort of watched him at Inter. Um, he, di- he didn't get played loads at Real Madrid, but for me, he's always been one of one of the best dribblers from centre mid. Yeah. Um, obviously, he doesn't get that many goals or assists, but he's very, he's very press resistant, isn't he? And he's, you know, he's quite good physically as well. Um, just very technically good, which a lot of, a lot of Croatian midfielders seem to be actually. Exactly, and everything you just said there, he, he's been doing at Chelsea. His dribbling ability is is fantastic. I mean, I would be nervous as hell if anyone else tried to do what he does, our own edge of the box. But Kovacic does does it, he will dribble through in the most riskiest places and still, you know, start an attack. Like you said, he doesn't doesn't assist and doesn't score much, but he just carries that ball so well that we don't need, you know, anyone else to really do it. He he starts that play off himself and then he just releases it to the wingers or the the other centre mids and they do the work. Um, he's very underrated in that aspect and um, it just shows you that stats don't really... Um, show what a true player he really is. But yeah, um, so in terms of my player of the seasons, I say those two. Kovacic will probably take it because he's been consistent over the last year. Pulisic obviously didn't have a full season. Yeah, and the, I mean a lot of positive talk there. Any any sort of negatives to talk about about how it maybe could have gone even better oh, this season? Well, you know, you know my first one. I think you. I think everyone knows. What, yeah, big. Uh, the big elephant in the room. Yeah, let's just get it out out of the way already. Uh, Kepa. Um, yeah, I, look, like I said previously, I just think he he's just not suited to Chelsea. He he's he's got this. I wouldn't say ego. He's just I I, I don't know. I don't know if he doesn't realise how what kind of club he's at or what you know how much effort he needs to put in, but. It just seems like everyone else is to blame apart from him. 
that's the kind of vibe he gives off. And he's not commanding. He gets beaten off his line so much from outside the box. Um, it's just worrying. And if I had another season with Kepa in goal, I, I don't see us going any further than what we did this season, um, to be honest. Um, but another thing, I suppose, going forward, it, it wasn't an issue going forward, but scoring goals was, was the issue. So Chelsea, they seem to have this thing about them where the smaller clubs like your West Ham, etc., Bournemouth, they would always see Chelsea as a, like a World Cup final, sit back and hold off, and then when they get their opportunity, hit us on the break. And Chelsea, similar to Sarri's season last season, they were just we can't kill teams off. People will be sitting there and, you know, would we'll, we'll, we'll have, I don't know, 20 attempts on goal, 20 chances, absolutely nothing to show for it be 1-0 or 2-0 down just needs to change and I think a major factor in that is having a striker who can put the ball in the back of the net yes Tammy has done it but I don't think he's consistent enough um, Giroud yeah he can but he hasn't got the legs to do it yeah he doesn't get on enough enough opportunities off does he um, no that's the thing you put the ball in the box for him he'll score um, on, with his head but in terms of getting on the end of some balls he can't do it. The other thing, if we're talking attacking as well, we lack that speed and intelligence to break away as well. So I saw it a couple of times. Um, the only person maybe that's done that is Pulisic against Man City. So you know when... Oh, yeah. You know, we had we had a, they had a call now. Pulisic broke away, took on two men and scored, run up the pitch, similar to Martinelli's goal. I don't see that enough at Chelsea. It seems to be very slow to get out. So usually it will go to Willian. He'll make a run either down the wing or in the middle. And I'm not saying it because he's an last player in the moment, but he'll either lose the ball, he'll play a terrible pass, or the runners alongside him won't catch up with him. He's very good at accelerating, William, but he doesn't have the people with him to bomb forward sometimes. And when those people do bomb forward, he'll lose the ball. And it's usually William that will, you know, have that ball on the break. So there's, there's little nuances like that. Um, the other thing... I will say, we've already mentioned Cho, Kanamazunadoi. Uh, you can't really give him much stick because he's still young and it was a career-ending injury. So you're going to have to give him a bit of time to get back into the ring of things. Uh, but the final thing I would say is defending uh, set pieces. Chelsea, I don't know, we must be the worst or similar to very, very close to the bottom in, in terms of defending set pieces. Lampard's got this thing about zonal marking and um, he just wants to mark the areas and that's it really a lot of big teams do do that though but our players ain't set out for it we really can't do it I mean in terms of height as well we've got Zuma Aspercrate's not the tallest I don't think Reese James is the tallest and they're they're normally our wing backs Zuma is the one that normally clears it if that it's just the zonal marking doesn't work for Chelsea I think the man marking has to be a thing going forward. I don't think we're suited to it. I don't know why. I don't know why every time that ball goes into a box, the box, that's it, we're done. I don't know. There's no commanding from the keeper as well. It never worked. So I think I don't know the stats on it. I don't know whether you have them to hand check, but we must have been near the bottom in terms of defending set pieces. because. Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think we were not that far from the bottom either. I think it was it was only really the relegated teams... I think maybe Norwich might have been worse, but there wasn't many. So yeah, I think in terms of defending, that was a major thing. I will, sorry, I know I've got I've gone on a bit, but one more thing that I need to get out of there. 
which I can turn into a positive, I suppose, is injuries. At the start of the season, we had injuries to, I think, Pudisic, um, this is no joke, I think Pudisic, Emerson, Alonso, Christensen, uh, Zuma, James is injured, wasn't he still from from the previous season, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I think Tammy got injured, I think literally all of our players got injured at one point, and it's, it seems like a reoccurring thing, so at the moment, Pudisic is in, injured, Aspilicuate is injured, our medical staff, I don't know what the, what's happening, maybe they worked to the ground too much, but we do need to monitor the injuries, I mean, Kante, being how, how good he is generally, this season's been riddled with injuries, and it's affected his, his performances, we've rather brung him in too early, and then he's gone out, been off for another two to three to four weeks, it's really affected our season. Um, yeah, I can see uh, you've been linked to another injury perm player in the that? last couple of days, uh, Per Meccano from Leipzig. I'd, I'd be a bit wary of him because I don't want him. He's he, had a fair few. It's a bit, a bit of a hype around him, but um, yeah, I mean, just to turn out to a positive, the fact that we've had so many injuries and finished where we did fourth. You know, you you got to give credit to Lampard and Jody Morris to for balancing that and you know taking the academy team basically to Champions League qualifications. It's unheard of. It's brilliant. Yeah. What was uh, I saw that Jody Morris was trending the other day, but I didn't really look <laughs> into why that was. What what exactly happened there? Well, Jody he, he likes to get on the old social media and talk his mind. I think he just. He was just saying he never takes advice from these pundits that know nothing or whatnot, something along those lines, which is fair play. I mean, you know, you've got to crack on with your own job. You don't, can't, can't be out here listening to what Roy Keane is saying, can you? Yeah, and now now that we are in in that period between the two seasons, uh, a lot of transfer talk at the moment. Um, obviously, I've mentioned Pemacano and goalkeepers, You've pretty much been linked to everyone. Who who would you like to see come through the door this summer and and leave actually as well? Yeah, well, I think this is a major one for Chelsea this season. Um, obviously, we've got the backlash. Well, I don't. It's now looking like a positive, isn't it? Really, um, that transfer ban. We've kind of benefited from it because we've now got the money from Eden Hazard's sale his wages, etc., and what we would have spent last last summer. So And that gets you a lot more these days as well. Yeah, because obviously... The market seems to have gone gone yeah. backwards a bit. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how much you know, but Czech, uh, Peter Czech is, is like our... I suppose he, he negotiates, he, he talks to these, fires these players, makes decisions on whether we should buy someone. Um, and then we have this woman called Marina... When I say someone who can negotiate, she can negotiate. But it's a it's a typical joke going around Chelsea that thirty two million is the price for anyone coming into Chelsea, uh, usually, and she normally gets what she wants. I think at the moment, gone are the days we're going to buy Deadwood players. If I take you back a couple of seasons where we got Danny Drinkwater, and I, I I rate him, but people didn't want Ross Barkley, uh, you know, even Morata to an extent. You know, he was still a sub player. He wasn't. We was buying a sub player at a high fee mm. um, to be our main striker, um, and now obviously we've got Timo Werner, which I'm really happy with. I mean, stat-wise, he's up there with the likes of Messi, etc. Ziyech again last season he got ridiculous stats in terms of assists and scoring goals. He's similar to Mares from what I've seen, and we've wanted Mares previously. So 
I'm looking forward, out of everyone, I'm probably looking forward most to see what Ziyech can offer. And obviously we've been linked with Havertz in the last, well, we've been linked with him for the last couple of months, but in the last couple of days it's become very apparent that he is going to come. But I don't know if you've seen the fee, Jack, and how much he potentially may be getting. It's about 100, 100 million euros or something. I don't 100, know if that's... 100 million. Or... Yeah, it's, it's, it's apparently 100 million that Bayer Leverkusen are holding out for. We're offering... 80 million, I think. Um, but Havertz, in terms of his signing on fee, he's supposed to be getting 20 million a year. So nice. I don't I don't know what that works out to be, but roughly, is that like 375k or something a week? Yeah, it's, it's about that, yeah. That would make him the highest ever played, paid Chelsea player ever. That but would I, make him the second or third highest ever Premier League player yeah. ever. Um. And what I'm worried about is, and we spoke about this, I personally, look, I've seen video comp- compilations of him. I've I've heard about him, you know. Apparently, he's the next wonder kid, you know, of coming up from Germany. And Germany being the country it is, I wouldn't doubt that because Germany is a footballing nation, right? Yeah. I, I worry that this is going to turn into another Ozil moment where we do exactly what you, you've done right at the beginning. I don't know what the guy's attitude is like. He seems okay, but if he takes the money, doesn't perform, then we're in a situation where, similar to the Kepa situation, what are we going to do? Yeah, uh, I, I think we rate him very highly. Don't I think we had him sixth or seventh on our 21 and under list. But for that, for that sort of money... It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you're looking at maybe four, four or five people in, in the world that, that should be commanding that sort of money, really. I mean, from what... Look, I, I, I don't advocate that money for anyone, really, but from what um, I've seen of him and people talking about him, they're saying he's like well, like a really world-class signing, like someone who will be up there in terms of top 10 players in the future. I Again, I have no idea, so I can't comment on that, but it's a big statement, if it is, from Chelsea. Um so, in terms of Havertz being in there, from what I can see, he's a type of player that will create goals, score goals, again, drag, uh, carry that ball in the midfield. So, if you're looking at our strike force already, just by those three signs, which two of them are already there and Havertz seems to be nailed on already, that's Werner in the middle, or potentially left. If he's not left, then Pulisic, Werner in the middle, Ziyech on the right, uh, Havertz in the middle. I could only dream about that. Previously, couldn't I? That, that's that's a pretty good um, attacking force. Then you've got the likes of Ben Chilwell being linked with us. And I know you've had a comment on that as well. So 65 million, and that's not, that's including add-ons. So I didn't think that was too bad. But, Jack, you think, you know, it's the English premium, don't you? Yeah, plus, I mean, you can't even compare it to Maguire because, one, Maguire's a centre-back. And I think they command more money anyway. And then also in this in this climate, it's really a buyer's market. I don't think Leicester can be demanding that sort of fee, really. Uh, it's yeah. the same for it's a sort of similar fee that they're touting for Grealish, but I I don't know how I I wouldn't pay that much for any left back. Yeah, I, I know I know they're becoming more important in teams, but I, I still feel like they're not they're not yeah. that important. I know what you mean. Scheme of things. I know what you mean. And look, I do think it's a higher fee. Don't get me wrong. Look, it's not my money. And 
the way Chelsea want to spend it, that's fine. But the one, the couple of things that are sticking out for me, it's a it's a Frank Lampard uh, signing, as in he wants him in the team. So for ages, Chelsea have been buying players where it's been decided by other people. This one, I'm excited about because it's just what Frank Lampard wants. Was he 23 now? Yeah. So he's got room to grow and mature. He's already Premier League experienced. Yes, he had a dodgy couple of uh, months at the back end of last season. So did but the whole Leicester team, to be fair. Yeah, and, you know, some people do. I mean, Maguire's having a dodgy couple of months, you know, a couple of games at the moment. You don't really... 80 million, yes, was a bit, but he could turn out in the future to be like a... Yeah, I, I don't get that either. The whole... The hate the hate for Maguire is a bit excessive as well. But... This is what I mean. I mean... Yeah. Granted, a left-back, it's quite steep, but like you said... It, it, he could solidify that place for a while. And I think it's dampened when you hear that we're only willing to go into that uh, transaction if we sell Emerson. And apparently we're selling Emerson for 25 million upwards. Wow. So if, um, this, is, this is what I mean. Marino is very clever with her money. And, you know, if you can sell Emerson for 25 million, that really brings it down to 40 million, doesn't it, for Ben Chilwell? Because... We wouldn't have, we're just replacing a left back with a left back. Not a problem yeah. there. Um, and you still have Alonso for those games you want just this to is, go all out attack. This is what I mean. And then if it if he doesn't reach his add-ons, which I hope he does, because it'll probably be stuff like win the Premier League or getting Champions League qualification, stuff like that. They're normally broken down like five mil, ten mil here or whatnot. If that's the case, he could be. If he doesn't reach it, he could be as cheap as thirty million then. In that sense. Um, well, sorry, the the forty million that we. Well, no, it could be as cheap as thirty million, couldn't it? If if it, if it's twenty five, sixty five, that's including the add-ons. If we sell Emerson for twenty five, that's forty million, and that would be including the add-ons. If it doesn't reach those add-ons, let's just say the add-ons amount to ten million, it could be as cheap as thirty million. I don't know how it works. I'm assuming that's how it works, but look, Ben will for that price. If you're talking the the forty to thirty million, that's including selling Emerson. I'm not complaining. That that reassures our left back situation, which we've had a problem for since Ashley Cole left. To be honest, um, and Ashley Cole's an advocate for him as well. So, yeah, there's there's a left back situation. Um, Centre backs, that kind of leadership quality we're looking for at the back, which is the one I really want, and I've mentioned it a couple of times in the podcast, is Declan Rice. Um, yeah, granted, he he plays centre defensive mid and also plays centre back. I would like him to sit in that centre-back role for Chelsea. He's got that chemistry already with the, the players. He already knows most of them from the academy days. Still best match with Mason Mount. And he looks like a real leader. And he's a massive Chelsea fan, similar to Chilwell as well as a massive Chelsea fan. And I think that's what Lampard wants. He wants players that has that extra bit about them. Don't just want good players. He wants players that want to give everything for the club. And I think you'll get that with these two, especially Declan Rice anyway. Um, I, I want that. But we had it previously with Lampard, Terry, Czech. Lampard may not necessarily have been a Chelsea fan, but the way he played for the club, the way he wore his heart on his sleeve the whole time he played for Chelsea, that's the kind of spine you want in your team. Um, so if we can push that 80 million for Declan Rice, I'll be more than happy. And obviously, the other person... Which, weirdly enough, today I think Jimenez from Atletico. I don't, don't know if you saw that. He was talking about, you know, one day he'll, he'll want to play under Lampard. 
I think we discussed this before, though. I think we're talking about English premium. I think the English, the language, I suppose, is, for me, I think you need to be able to speak English to succeed in this league. Well, certainly playing in defence. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Because I think leading that back line or, you know, keeping up, dropping back, you know, all that stuff that you have to command at the back, you know, Jack, you play defence. Everyone has to understand. And if someone is out of the loop and doesn't understand what's going on, that that can be a detriment and that can leak you goals. So I'm not against it, but I'd rather have someone who's Premier League proven to speak the language, etc. But, you know, I'm not against it. If he comes in, be more than happy. And then this leads on to the keeper, really. We don't have much choice with this. And this is one of the major transfer problems. I've not seen Kepa linked with anyone this summer. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's going to have to be a dodgy deal where you buy someone. I'm thinking maybe Barcelona. They buy him for £40 million And then you buy, I don't know, Luis Suarez for yeah. £40 million or something. Just to balance the books. I think that's the only way you'll get a decent chunk for him. Valencia aren't. They're, they're really strapped for cash. So they're not going to be buying anyone at the moment. What especially for big fees. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, right? And I said this at the time. I know people were banging on about the 71 or 72 million price tag. Yes, ridiculous, right? But in effect, he only cost us 37. Similar to what I was saying about Chilwell and Emerson. We sold Courtois for £35 million. We kind of recouped half of that fee. I mean, if we're looking to sell Kepa, I'm pretty sure £30 million around that mark is reasonable, isn't it not? It's a Spanish number one. I'd, I don't think... I'd, I can't see anyone paying that much. I can see I, I can see someone in Spain doing it. I mean, uh, what's his name? Balagay? What's his, is, that, is that his name? Yeah. He was, he was saying they still highly respect him. As a keeper. Yeah, maybe someone like a, I don't know, a Sevilla or, that's I think that's it. or yeah. maybe a Villarreal, maybe. I don't yeah. I think they've got a ton of money though, I'm not sure. This is what I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a predicament, but I mean, 30 million is reasonable. And then we're technically, we've got our money back almost. I mean, there's, there's not much in it, maybe 7 million difference because we've got the money, 35 for Courtois. So then you're looking at your 30 million marks. I mean, Oblak has been linked with us. He's, he's made a couple of comments in the press saying we'll talk about Chelsea when the season's over, blah, blah, blah. I don't think anything happened with that. I'd be very bloody surprised if we get Oblak. That would be the dream again. If we do, then, you know, we can push on for the bloody Premier League title with players like this. But... um. I think reality that Onana is that his name from yeah. Ajax. Ajax. Ajax, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's probably the most likely to fill that void. I think I, I see it being possible as well. I don't see it being a hard negotiation with Ajax. They normally we do quite well with with Ajax. Um, I've not seen enough of him enough of him to be honest. I can't say much about him. I know when he was at Stamford Bridge, he let in four goals. So there's one one issue. Um, he isn't the tallest, apparently, but his reflexes are on top. He, he, apparently, he's very good at, um, you know, reaching those top top right right corner shots, etc. So, thirty million doesn't seem too bad for someone like that. Again, I haven't heard much about him, so I just hope he's someone that is reassuring and commands his box and comes and collects crosses. That's the main thing. But yeah, that's that's probably the the team. In a nutshell, that that I would wish and hope that we go in the transfer market. Like I said, we've we've got this money, 
because we're getting rid of so much deadwood. We've got the Eden Hazard fee, and wage is a massive part of it. So if I take, for instance, so Havertz, right, if we did get him for 80 million, if you take into account Eden Hazard's fee, so that was around, what, 130, yeah, maybe? They won, the, they won the league, didn't they? So, yeah. So Werner Ziyech and Havertz, that, that's around 161. So I think we're only, we're only spending an extra 30, 31 million for three more players. That's that's pretty good. And Havertz being apparently the wonder kid that he is. Ed Werner being up there stats-wise with Messi and someone that we need, I think that's pretty good. So the Eden, hasn't, Eden has our money, it's gone. Let's just put that to a side. Then you look at our wage bill, it's that significantly dropped. I mean, Hazard's wage, wages in itself were like 200k a week. Then you've got Kepa, so he's on 150k. So we managed to offload him, that's a lot gone. Willian was on 150k, Pedro 100k, Michibachiwai 90k, Emerson 75k. Potentially we can do a make weight with Ross Barkley and West Ham to get Declan Rice, that's 100k. So by my maths, over a 12, 12-month period, that, that's almost 390 million saved. I might be completely wrong there. That sounds like a lot. Oh, what, including transfer fees? Or? Yeah, it's transfer fees, etc. Oh, possibly, yeah. So... If we can do that for those players, then that's ridiculous. That's a lot of wages off the off the bill. And then obviously we, we, we put that back into the team. So get Rice, get all these players that we're, we're apparently linked with. I think that's how we have all the resources to spend all this money. Um, yeah, you've got a lot of, you've probably still got a lot of loan players, haven't you? Um, there's loads. Bakioko, getting rid of him. I mean, I, I can go on. There's so many that we can get rid of. Like yeah. Bakayoko, I'm, I'm reading the paper, Chelsea are holding up for £30 million for him, from AC Milan. And AC Milan are seriously considering it. They're the sort of team that would pay that money. But this is what I mean. There's, I don't know who, like Marina, she's, she works wonders. She can get £30 million for him, 25 for Emerson. That's fucking 55 already. You're almost on your way to buying Chilwell for that. And that's just Bakayoko and Emerson. Yeah. I don't know. The way... The way she's worked it out and the way the position we're in financially, I'm I'm happy that we can do that. But um, yeah, I I would transfer all those names I said, Mitchie. I'll I'll try and do Mitchie and Barkley for Rice. If not, Mitchie can go to Leeds or Palace. I think that the the cost will probably be around twenty five million, which is being reported again for Mitchie but your wife twenty five million, ridiculous. Um, Emerson twenty five. Maybe we still got lots of. Victor Moses, Zappacosta, there's so many people out there. Danny Drinkwater, I mean, what we're going to get for him? About five million, but he'll be off our wage bill again. Even people like Baba Rahman, I don't know if you know him or remember him. Mm. There's people like that. There's so much resource in that team that we can get rid of and free up our, our wages and invest back into the team. I think we're in a really good position this this transfer window. And even if we don't do it this one, we we've got January as well, which really leads me on to what a great job Lampard has done. Because let's just say we're in a situation now that Chelsea finished 10th, right? Because we have the academy players. Those academy players, clearly not up to scratch. Potentially not even worthy of being in the squad, right? That bench will need rejigging. Those players will need to be sold. This transfer market, we wouldn't be in a position where we can buy these names because we would be needing to buy squad players. What Lampard's done, in effect, he's made this team a top four team of academy players, right? He's now got the ability to go and buy 
premium players out there, those players that were playing last year, say from like the likes of Tammy, will now be benched, potentially. Not a bad player to have on the bench if he was a top four player last year. Yeah. And you've got Werner up front. He, what he's done, I don't think people realise the, the magnitude of what he's achieved this year. And I don't, I, I, I would have given him, what's it called, Banninger of the Year. But because it's Chelsea, people... That's a big shout. Put, put it this way. If I gave you all those players, Mount, etc., blah, 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 and put them into the Sheffield United team, and they got top four, you'd be saying, That's, he's got to be Banninger of the Year. But because uh, the name Chelsea is there... I don't know. I, th- I think Klopp should get it. I just, you think? I think yeah, I, I just think this... Going from you're expecting to be, let's say, eight, an eighth place team finishing fourth, joint third. So you think recognition over a couple of seasons, he deserves it this year because he's won the league? Or, or, or yeah, I, I just think that, yeah, that Liverpool, yeah, just that's, really that's fair smashed enough, yeah. it. And I think it is down to Klopp rather than necessarily there. Yeah, but yeah, Lampard's up there, certainly. As, as doing one of the best jobs, especially if you count like the cups as well. Yeah, I think he's done a, a great job. Um, uh, how do you think yeah. he's going to do next year, and where where do you see it going next year? If I'm honest, if we get the players that we're like, let's let's just if, if we get the players that we're linked with, right? So if we do get Rice, Havertz, Chilwell, and a new keeper, I don't see why fighting for top two in a, in a breakout season for most of these players and you know new to the Prem I don't see why that's not realistic top two um, and you saw towards the tail end of last season Liverpool not really not really the team and I don't know whether it's because they already won the league but not really the team that they were people were sussing them out I mean even when we lost 5-3 to them we were so close to actually bringing that game back and winning it it's ridiculous so there's going to be there's going to be little nuances so there's like Apparently, Man City are getting that, um, what's his name, Kudabali at centre-back. So, they're going to be stronger. Arsenal, depending on who they get and how Arteta manages his players over the uh, this summer period, they could be back up there fighting for top four. I think we should comfortably, comfortably get top four with that, that squad, definitely. I think you'll see the likes of, like I said, Reese James kick on, Mason Mount kick on. Tamori could, could potentially solidify his spot. The way Lampard plays his players, you know, you're, you're playing on merit. And how you play, not on your name. Tomori could could do it this year. So there's t- people like that. Um, hopefully, there's no more zonal marking. Can scrap that completely. If there is, you need to really know what you're doing. Maybe an FA Cup. So close last year, obviously to beating Bray, you your lot. But um, I feel like an FA Cup or some cup, even if it's like the Carabao Cup or something. I think silverware is a must next season. But yeah, I'm just excited to see all those names play together. And I think Pulisic will be the main man next season. Stays injury-free. I think he will be up there as one of the Premier League's best players. Yeah. And um, there's obviously, th- this time of the year, a lot of people get into fantasy football uh, <laughs> as well. I, I don't know if you play it, but if you do, is what, what one player would you suggest that people get into their teams? So, if we're talking tactically, so you want a cheaper option, Reese James, I'm assuming he would be cheaper. Like I said, I think this year will be his year to shine and show everyone what, what he's about. I think he'll get a lot of assists, uh, maybe a few goals. And if you're talking about a, a high, a premium player, he'll guarantee to get your goals. 
Pulisic. He'll win you penalties. He'll score you goals, assists, etc. You've got you've got it all there with him. So those are my two recommendations for your fantasy Premier League. Yeah, it'd be it'd be an interesting season. I, it's really hard to predict what what they're going to be like next year because there's there's going to be so many new additions. Yeah, I mean, look. At the end of the day, from what Lampard's done last season, I can't expect anything less of him with new players and additions now. Yeah. Anything less than that is is a is a failure. And that, that doesn't mean I want Lampard out or anything like that. I think he's the right man for the job. Now's the time we can kick on and really build that, that team for years to come. Similar to what uh, Klopp has done at Liverpool, I think Lampard will go in that direction with Chelsea. OK, well, thanks for chatting through all things Chelsea um, thanks for tuning in for this FT Lab review session and as always comment subscribe and just follow us on the social medias hashtag FT Lab. see you next week for another for the love of list segment remember to follow our Twitter at FT Lab podcast and to like comment and subscribe